And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California. Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Arson and Southern California. Welcome again to another Sunday edition of Ron Real Radio. This is our first live edition for 2020, and I hope you all had a great holiday and that you're living all on up to your New Year's resolutions. If you haven't broken them yet, congratulations. If you're like me, I'm starting to work on the, the 2021 resolution. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll make it a project for the rest of the year. Hey, again, it's our pleasure to welcome you to the show. I know there's a lot of things happening out there. We appreciate you coming, listening on your telephones or listening online to us to be with us tonight. Let me tell you what we have in store for you tonight, because for sure it is going to be worth your listening while. Hey, right out of the gate, we are going to have Scott Sherman. For a lot of you that don't know Scott, he is a city councilman for San Diego for the 7th District. But more importantly, he is going to be running for mayor of San Diego. And we're going to talk to Scott. Scott's mm -hmm. a sportsman and outdoorsman. And we're going to talk to him about some of the issues that he can address as mayor when uh, he uh, is hopefully elected to um, uh, San Diego mayorship there and represent us uh, here in San Diego. So we'll talk about some of those issues that we feel are important. And then the second hour of the show, Bill Sematel is going to be with us. And Bill is launching the 2020 BBZ Junior Championships. We know the 2019 Junior Championships were a big success. The 2020 Championships have been launched. We're going to find out all about it, what Bill has in store for 2020, and a lot of details that go along with that. Hey, but before we start out, let me introduce to you my co-host for Ron Real Radio. First, this individual is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater fisherman in his own right, Stan Vandenberg. Stan, happy 2020 to you. Well, happy 2020 back to you, Wendy, and the audience here. Good to be back. I uh, was in Texas for quite a while there, a little longer than I thought, and tried to get back in time, but snow seemed to get in the way. So it took a little extra time to get back here. From Then I had my first tournament of the year, which turned out good and bad, but I'll explain how that worked a little later on. All right. Well, we should have time to do that. Hey, let me introduce our listening audience to my other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline. She represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She is also an excellent fisherman and hunter in her own right, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Hello there. I'm at a friend's house, a mutual friend, Kurt Itagawa's, 
we're celebrating a Japanese tradition called Oshogatsu, which is uh, a Japanese feast on New Year's that they usually have. And we're here with a lot of the members of the San Diego Rod and Reel Club having a good time. Well, that cool. sounds like good. Hi. Hey, hey, Wendy, I'm glad you could join us tonight because we've got a couple of pretty important guests. And I want to get right to our first guest because this gentleman has a busy schedule. He's not letting any moss grow on his north side. It is a pleasure to welcome him to the show tonight. Right now, he is councilman for the 7th District here in San Diego, but he is going to be running for mayor of San Diego. Let's all give uh, a big Ron Real welcome to Scott Sherman. Scott, welcome to the show, sir. Oh, thank you, John. Appreciate it. Happy to be oh, here. Hey, appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Scott, I probably knew you as a sportsman and a businessman before you ever got into politics. Uh, uh, you were you know, out fishing a lot. You were outdoors a lot. You decided to get into politics. What the heck were you thinking? Uh, you know, I got kicked in the head by a horse when I was young, and it's residual effect, I think. <laughs> you know, I am from Orange County, but I work in the fishing industry, and I deal with a lot of people from San Diego, and I have heard nothing but good things about you, Scott. If I were in your district, uh, I'd vote for you. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. Thank you for that. Um, you know, John and I, you're, you're talking about how long we've known each other, John. I mean, I think I met you when I was looking for somebody to pour me some custom plastics that I, I wanted for fish in the bay, and you were able to accommodate. And, you know, I, from there, I got more and more involved in the, in the fishing world, and, and then the whole uh, CCA, uh, not the CCA, the uh, closures, at the, the MLPA closures happened out in the ocean and got involved in that and was kind of disheartened with the result of that when, you know, you spend all this money to try and come up with a consensus and you hand it to the authorities and they say, gee, thanks, here's our designated preferred alternative. So I figured it was time to start trying to champion the cause from the inside. So I ran for office back in 2012. We uh, won by 54 votes and then ran for re-election in uh, 2016 and won by about 60%. So we did okay to what, what people got to know my common sense approach to government. Well, Scott, I, Scott, I know there are a lot of big issues that are facing San Diego. When you, when you look at things like the convention center, the new stadium issues or homeless issues down here, uh, uh, unfunded pensions, the infrastructure, stuff like that. One would think that talking about a recreational activity like fishing, whether it be sports fishing out of our world-famous landings or out of our lakes here in San Diego that are world-renowned for the types of fish that we uh, have been getting at them, that that wouldn't be a big issue. But uh, fishing is a big issue here in San Diego, and it's been part of the San Diego heritage for, uh, you know, decades. Yeah, well, I mean, I started on the boats here. You know, I'm a native San Diegan, and I started when my dad was a single parent. He'd take me down there to the boats in the summer and drop me off, and I'd pinhead on different boats in the in the summertime to kind of keep things going and, and stay out of trouble. And my love of fishing started way back then, and it's been going more, you know, forward to this day. You know, as a kayaker in my in my parker fishing in the in the bay or in the ocean doing whatever. So. You look at that passion, and then I looked at the economic impact that the industry has 
on San Diego, and it's absolutely amazing. I mean, just the, the fishing industry in San Diego alone is about a billion-dollar economic impact and generates tourism and the dollars and the jobs and everything that go with it. I mean, this radio is a perfect you know, show is a perfect example of that. It's an offshoot of fishing in San Diego and enjoying our oceans. That's true. I know uh, in talking with Jim Brown in 1997, they did an economic import uh, 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 report on just the impact of freshwater fishing here in San Diego, not the saltwater side. You know, Catherine Miller and San Diego Sports Fishing, they have a lot of the info on that. But just the freshwater side, and in 1997, Freshwater fishing was responsible for almost $55 million being brought into the economy here of San Diego alone. Now, that's not just fees. That's things like people staying in hotels, eating in restaurants, gassing up, uh, you know, taking advantage of small businesses like tackle stores, uh, uh, marine dealerships and things like that. This is a 1997 uh, um, number, but yet. Man, we seem to be the freckle-faced, red-haired kid of the group when it comes to getting any attention to this world-class fishery we have here in San Diego. Yeah, and people knew a lot more about the, the freshwater industry, it seems like, you know, a couple decades ago, and that's kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, so I think we should do what I did on the saltwater side with the Tourism Marketing District, and we started advertising in their in their advertisements and commercials that talk about San Diego. It was showing the, the sport fishing side of that because you didn't see that very often. It would be easy enough to do that with the, the lakes and help promote some of the opportunities that we have when it comes to world-class bass and those types of things. Well, well, Scott, I know your district also covers Lake Murray. And uh, a little while back, there was the freshwater initiative that was uh, coming into play. Some people uh, it called it toilet to tap. They didn't particularly like that, but uh, that was yep. easier to remember than whatever the official name was. And you went to bat for the fishermen because Lake Murray was going to be affected. And can you give us uh, a little bit of background of what that was all about and how some of your efforts and how you were able to get speakers to address the council on particular issues that they weren't aware of that maybe gave it a second thought? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And actually, it was Lake Miramar up in uh, District 5 is where the, the water's going. But, you know, being a person who's out in the ocean and fishes and, and pays attention to what's going on in the in the ocean, not to mention have a... a, a aquarium or two, a koi pond, and those kind of things. Water quality is incredibly important, and, and the balance of water is incredibly important. So if we're going to be recycling our water and making it ultra, ultra pure and putting it into Miramar Lake and then taking water out of the lake and, and, and keep shuffling in new, absolutely pure water, eventually you might get to a point where that ecosystem with the pH balance, the alkalinity, the nitrates, the nitrites, those types of things. If those get out of balance, then it's going to be detrimental to the fishery. So the water people really didn't think about that side of the equation. And then with people from the, the bass community came forward and, and started talking about it, we rallied everybody together, came down to committee, talked about it, and 
got the city to put in a monitoring program and uh, an additive program, if need be, to make sure that the, the conditions in the lake stay perfect, not only for supplying drinking water, but also for buying a, a top-notch recreational fishery that it has. Right. And, and it got them to think about, hey, the, I don't think anyone, though, when, before that meeting, with the information that you and some of the fishermen like, uh, like Dwayne Pontenau uh, brought to their attention, they didn't have the slightest idea that right in their own community, there was a world-class fishery that was not only known outside the county lines, but would actually be drawing people to come in from Japan and Europe and all over the world just to come here and fish. So really a, an important issue. And, and Scott, I'm glad you were able to to stand up for us because sometimes we feel as, as fishermen uh, or the sporting community in general, we have little or no voice when it comes to a lot of these issues being uh, decided for us. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I, I ran is, you know, I have a background of a small business owner for 25 years and an avid outdoorsman, and I saw that so many decisions that were being made were kind of happening in a, in a vacuum from people who have expertise in areas outside of the fishing industry. And, you know, so many times the, the fishing industry can be under attack by people who think that fishing is bad, but every fisherman men and angler and, and, and fisherwoman I've ever met, they've all got this incredible love for the resource and for the ocean and, or for the lakes and for outdoors and for the smile on kids' faces, you know, when they, when they catch their first fish. I think sometimes that we ought to relook at bringing the, our, our lakes back into the park and rec department to have that kind of focus on the, the recreational aspect of the lake. Right. Scott, the other, the other thing that I know that you're intensely aware of because you're a saltwater fisherman too is the, uh, the San Diego Port District. The, the, really, the amount of power that they have with regards to those properties that they are looking at. But things like the uh, sports fishing landings and the uh, Shelter Island launch ramp, they just came out with a new plan. And there were a lot of things that were in that plan that were would really alter the uh, ability of recreational individuals that are living here or visiting San Diego to enjoy the uh, the the activity of fishing, whether it be from a, a, a sporting fishing side, like at the commercial landings, or on the private side of launching from the Shelter Island launch ramp and. It's, it's people like you that have sit, stepped forth and said, hey, listen, this is not necessarily right. We don't need another restaurant where there's a parking lot so people can park to go fishing. There's some big issues, well, I think, even with that coming up. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was even compounded because the port and the state had just spent so much money redoing and reconfiguring the launch ramp to make it a much better ramp than it was before. And then, then you're going to restrict the, the parking available for people to come and launch their boats. That's the busiest launch ramp on the West Coast uh, at, at many times of the year. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, look, when people need to be there, people need to be there. And you can't take away all that parking for boats and people that are bringing their money and their dollars here to San Diego. All right. Hey, hey Scott, we have to take a break right now uh, for a few commercials. Can I ask you? 
please just stay with us a little bit longer. Sure. I can do another 10, 15 minutes or so. All right. I appreciate that, sir. We are speaking with uh, Councilman Sh- Scott Sherman from the 7th District here in San Diego. Uh, Scott is being termed out, but he is running for mayor of San Diego on the Republican ticket. And we're talking about some of the aspects of sports fishing and recreational freshwater fishing that, you know, Scott has been involved in and that we'd like to bring to his attention. I think he already knows him already, but, you know, he's pretty well versed on all this stuff. But we're discussing it tonight anyway. Hey, stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back with Scott Sherman after these messages. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters. The PTA design has the new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends? but are a little set back with what charter company to choose, we urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensandCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. 
Look or ask for the Rockleys at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. This first hour guest is Scott Sherman, councilman from the 7th District here in San Diego. But Scott is being termed out, and he is looking to run for the mayorship of San Diego. And we'd certainly like to support Scott to do that because he's been an outdoorsman and a fisherman for a long time. And not only that, he represents a lot of common sense views that I think uh, we uh, really appreciate here at Rod and Real Radio. So, Scott, welcome back to the radio show. Yeah, thanks again, John. And, and just to make everything clear, I am officially in the race and, and been raising money and out there doing my thing here for about the last three and a half weeks. It's been very successful so far. We've been very happy. Well, Scott, that is great to hear because of the fact that I know you're getting into the race maybe a little bit later than some of the other people, and you've got some powerhouses uh, in front of you, but we've got to get the word out that you're running because, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, you're a guy to best handle a lot of the interests that at least us as sportsmen uh, are uh, want to see you handle. Yeah, well, you know, it's just common sense and that, I think I bring to City Hall. I mean, when I first got there seven years ago, the very first thing I put on my wall was a sign I had made, and it said City of San Diego, and it had the city emblem on it, the District 7 underneath that, and at the very bottom, the big bowl letters, it says Department of Common Sense. So we kind of put everybody on notice how we plan to govern. <laughs> well, Scott, you know, one of the things, too, we'd also, uh, you know, we're concerned about as freshwater fishermen is what happens to the monies that we contribute to go fishing because a lot of people don't realize that the San Diego City Lakes program for the most part is self-sustaining and it is sustaining through fees. So that's why you can go to places in other parts of the country and launch for uh, nothing. You can go fish on any day you want. You can go fish at night. Unfortunately, San Diego lakes are are managed they are self-sustaining by fees uh, but scott sometimes we don't, we believe that there's a lot of creative accounting that goes into what happens to accounting for the monies that we pay to fish the san diego city lakes and we're not necessarily sure that that money is going back into the lakes because instead of seeing docks being improved and staffing being improved and being able to have more access to the lakes all of a sudden we find the lakes being closed on days that they used to be open and having less access to these lakes and less personnel at the lakes it it's it's really a serious problem at least to us as sportsmen yeah and and that's one of the things i was talking about about trying to bring it probably back under park and rec to put more of an emphasis on that i know a lot of this has been closures because of the water department and those type of things that help manage there. But the sport fishermen and what that brings, not only from the economic side, but from the, the, the family value and the quality of life side for the constituents, I mean, that goes a, a long way, too. Because if you're going, got everybody pretty much started at the lake, you know, with their, their kids and their grandkids and uh, as kids, and to have days closed to people who are helping pay for that resource to be there um, doesn't make a lot of sense to, to me. We could, but it all comes down to budget priorities and where you want to put the money. And 
unfortunately, with the way the city's been spending money lately, we've got a, a deficit coming up in this next budget round. It's going to be interesting to, to see where the money gets allocated. Right. Uh, Scott, tell us, you know, we should have a, a gem of a park system that is bordering the San Diego River. Uh, instead of being something like that, we have probably one of the biggest eyesores in the state. Uh, that is a body of water that a lot of young people that uh, don't aren't, aren't able to get to the city lakes can go fish because there's no charge to fish there. There used to be easy access, but now with the problem, a lot of the problems that are there with pollution, homeless, junk, uh, a lot of areas being cordoned off because of these other problems. Is, is there any type of a plan in the future for the San Diego riverbed and the surrounding areas to, to turn this into really the stellar park system that it really should be? Yeah, I, there's a, we have one actually in place that was passed a few years ago uh, called the San Diego River Park Master Plan that I was able to help get through council and get a final vote on. And that requires the restoration of the creek, pathways, parklands, all the way along the band of the river on every piece of property there. The only issue is on a lot of these private properties, they don't have to do anything with their property other than normal maintenance until they decide to do something with it or it changes hands, and then you have to implement your part of the river park system. You'll see fairly soon with some of the development that's going in down in Mission Valley now with the uh, town and country remodel and all that, there's a big stretch of park system that they're putting in along there um, that is their portion of it, and eventually we'll be able to get it to a point where it's a usable recreational-type facility again. I mean, I remember as a kid over by Admiral Baker Field there, we used to you know, go down to the, the river there and, and the ponds, and we could fish all day long. We'd roll up our, our pants and find some, some mosquito uh, fish to use as bait. We'd catch bass all over the place down there. It was a ton of fun, and there's a credible opportunity. And we've got that plan in place, but it's not one of these things that's going to happen overnight. You know, having to deal with fishermen uh, here in San Diego since 1983, when we, we first got into the tackle business, we've seen uh, kids that have fished there and have grown up and have taken their kids there. And now granddad has taken his granddad kids there that first started fishing there. But unfortunately, it, it seems like instead of seeing any improvement in this, and I, I don't want to be bashing the homeless because that's a, a problem there, but the kids no, can't go down there because of homeless encampments, because of trash, uh, some pollution issues and whatever it is. It's, it's just an issue that should be addressed because San Diego is indeed the finest city, uh, not only in California, but in the United States. And to have a resource like that going untapped just just really seems to be close to criminal. Well, and that's one of the things I'm going to, that's uh, part of my campaign is changing how we deal with the homeless situation that we have in San Diego right now. We have done a lot on the compassionate side with bridge shelters and permanent supportive housing. We've been putting a lot of taxpayer dollars into that side of the equation. But on the enforcement side, we really haven't been able to do much because of court cases and those kind of things. But there was a 
decision the other day that says you can enforce your quality of life laws like, you know, trespassing and, and camping down in the river and those types of things if you have some place for these people to go. Well, now we have some place for them to go with the bridge shelters and those things that we've been spending that money on. So we need to do a lot more on the enforcement side to compel these people to go in and look for services. I mean, let's face it, most of the homeless we have along the river down there are dealing with some kind of uh, abuse and addiction issue. So if we enforce the laws and compel them to get, take it, avail themselves of the services, then we can help people and get them out of the river, and it's, it's a win-win for everybody. To give you an example, I was at a ribbon cutting at a primitive supporting housing for homeless veterans down in my district that was just built uh, well, about two months ago. Ran into a veteran there at the at the housing, a guy named Brian, and he came up and he said, hey, I want to talk to you about breaking up the, the homeless tents downtown. He said, I just wanted to say thank you for doing that. He said, I was in those tents every day shooting meth in my veins. But it wasn't until the city came down and broke up those encampments, it wasn't until I was forced to go to the shelter, then I got a caseworker, I found benefits I didn't know I had, I got into a sobriety program, and now he's 10 months clean and sober and living in a facility with a roof over his head and getting his life in order. But that's all because somebody said, hey, you can't keep doing this. It's not good for you. It's not good for the community. Well, you know, Scott, you will be running as a Republican, and if elected, we'll be asking you to uh, maybe represent us uh, not only here in the city, but there are also a lot of issues when it comes to working with the, the California Department of Boating and Waterways or the California Department of Fish and Wildlife and other agencies, how effective can a city mayor be working at the state level on issues like we're talking about or a lot of the other issues that face you as being mayor of City of San Diego? Well, being the mayor of the eighth largest city in the country, goes a long way to getting people to at least take you seriously. I've got the entire city's resources at my disposal to try and deal with these issues or the effects that what's passed at the state has down at our local levels, and that's also very important when it comes to recreational fishing and our, our waterways and stuff along the port, those type of things. There's a lot of sway that the mayor of the eighth largest city in the country can, can have. Right, and do you think that, yeah, I know there's a lot of big problems that are facing San Diego and, you know, we're, we're a sports show. So it, we try to talk about recreational things, but if the city does not have money to do things, that affects us as we're doing it. And, and I guess the big elephant in the room is unfunded pensions. Is that as big an issue here in the San Diego city area and the county area, as I believe it is to be on the state level? Oh, yeah. San Diego City is actually, San Diego, the city has done much better than most, but we still have a horrible problem with what our pension payment is every single year from mistakes that were made in the past. Now, we've corrected it, and most of the city's employees are on 401Ks as it stands right now, pending a court decision. But that will eventually get us out of the uh, pension problem that we have. Every year right now to make our minimum payment on our pension, the city cuts a check for about $350 million. 130 of that is to make payments on 
a direct and deliberate underfunding of that pension that was done a couple decades ago. But if we can keep with the course by about the end of this decade, that payment will drop substantially and there'll be a lot more money available. If we can get the city as a whole to quit spending and quit putting so much money in, in so many different places. We've hired so many new people at the city. We've put money into a whole bunch of different things without really trying to figure out where we can cut money as well. And it, it, we're looking at a, a budget problem probably of a deficit of around $80 million as the projections coming up for this next year. And that's just because there's not a lot of common business sense at City Hall. Most of the people on the council have never operated a business or been outside of a government paycheck, you know? Well, you know, Scott, we're coming to the end of our time with you, but tell us, what are some of the dates now that are very important to you and us when it comes to you being elected and how can we stay in contact with you and help support you in your effort of being uh, elected to being the mayor of city of San Diego? Well, the, the most important date coming up will be March 3rd, which is the primary, which we need to get through the primary so we can go to the general in November. Um, so that's the most important date. The easiest way to get a hold of us, try and support, just go on the web or, or just look and see what the positions I have on all the other issues that affect the city is go to the website, which is super easy. It's Sherman2020.com. And it has everything you need to know right there. If you feel like getting involved, you can do that. If you feel like donating, you can do that. You can ask for your you know, yard sign. City of San Diego only, but that's, uh, that's the best way to get a hold of the campaign and, and do what you can to help. And I tell you, we, uh, we shot past our fundraising goal we set for ourselves uh, for the end of the month. In three and a half weeks over the holiday season, we raised over $100,000 to get this going, and half of that was people who were first-time donating in politics, which to me says that's a grassroots effort of people who like the message of, hey, enough of the, of the bickering, the politics at City Hall, enough of the partisan stuff. This is supposed to be about running the city and making sure that we just make common-sense, rational, good, fiscally conservative decisions. And uh, I'm very encouraged the way we're going and with People like you and, and others, we may we'll, we'll get this thing done in the primary of March third. All right, Scott, I want to thank you very much as your service as a city councilman. You always seem to be the voice of common sense when it came to the city council or expressing yourself on issues when you were uh, on the news and or being interviewed on other sources. I can't thank you enough for taking some of your Sunday to be with us. And for those of you that may have missed it, we're going to put a link on ronrealradio.com for you to go to so you can see what Scott's all about and hopefully contribute to his campaign. You guys have to remember, if you're not registered as a Republican by, I think it is this Monday, you will not be able to vote for Scott in the city of San Diego. You'll I, only be able I, to vote for the party that you're registered yeah, for. So if you're a libertarian or an independent or no party or that D word, you won't be able to vote for Scott. So if you want to vote for Scott, you also have to register as a Republican hey, to vote for him in the primary. Okay, Scott, thank hey, you for being with us, there? sir. Hey, yeah. hey, can I say one more thing, John? You can. Yeah. Um, 
city of San Diego for mayor, it's a nonpartisan uh, race. It doesn't matter what party you come from or anything else. You can vote for mayor. It's, it's only on the uh, uh, on the other issues at the state and, and federal level that you need to have uh, the registration. So if you're just registered to vote, you can still reg- you can still vote for me on March 3rd without having to go through any kind of hassle at all. Just make sure you get to the poll and vote. Thank you for clearing that up, sir, because I wasn't aware of that. That's uh, that's a good deal. Hopefully, that'll be a lot bring a lot more votes into your column, sir. Yeah, at the, at the end of the day, common common sense really doesn't have a party affiliation attached to it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it shouldn't have. But I don't know. I scratch my head every time I turn on the TV. Scott, good luck, Scott. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for thanks. having me. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for spending the time, okay? Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Hey, that was Scott Sherman running for mayor of San Diego. Uh, he has represented the uh, 7th District here in San Diego really well. He's also represented a lot of uh, interests that are really valuable to us as sportsmen. So we appreciate you having it on. If you hadn't thought, if you live in the city of San Diego, if you haven't thought about the primary of who voting for mayor, Please give Scott Sherman a look-see, if you will. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, We were a little over time, but uh, we wanted to make sure we got in everything we could with Scott and the time allotted to us. So we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands. And if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue, or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. We all like to travel, whether it's for business or it's pleasure. But one thing we all like to do, it's save money. Well, we got a travel tip for you. Bill Boyce has put together a travel website for you that can save you a lot of money. You can become your own travel agent. The site is bookwithboyce.com. You're going to save yourself 5 to 35% on all nationally advertised travel rates. You want to uh, go to Mexico? You want to go to Hawaii? Bookwithboyce.com can offer you outstanding prices. And here's the deal. There's no surprises for accommodations, rental cars, or activities. So try bookwithboyce.com now and thank Bill Boyce later on. We want to tell our listeners a little about Bajo La Luna Restaurant, located within a lush hidden garden in the heart of Cabo San Lucas. This family-run restaurant 
offers patrons a selection of unbelievable tapas, the most delicious Mexican entrees, an outstanding selection of wines and crafted cocktails, and the most amazing desserts, all served in an upscale, casual, outdoors atmosphere at prices you'll find very affordable. When you visit Bajo La Luna, mention Rod and Real Radio, and there might just be a complimentary beverage served with your dining experience. Bajo La Luna is located right across the street from Cabo Wabo and offers free or valet parking. Get all the information you'll need to visit Bajo La Luna Restaurant on Facebook. Just click their direct link icon found on RoddenRealRadio.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself? Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit San Diego Bloodbank.org. That's the San Diego Bloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey, you know, there is nothing better than traveling during the cold weather months here in Southern California. And uh, what better place to do it than Cabo San Lucas? You can book your location with bookwithboys.com. When you get down there, you can see our good friend, Sissy Plemons, at uh, Baja La Luna, La Golandrina Restaurants. Mentioned, Ron Real Radio sent you a nice 10% discount. You also get a free beverage over there. And then stop by to see Cabo Greg at Land's End Charters. Uh, it's a great place to go. It's warm, mid-70s there right now. So check it on out and visit our sponsors while you're down there. Hey, guys, I just have to make one quick mention. If there are any other San Diego mayoral candidates that would like to be with us here on Ron Real Radio and express their interest on how as mayor, they could support the sportsmen here in San Diego. I'd love to hear from you. Just go to our Facebook page, send us a message there, and we'll be happy to schedule you in. Okay. Well, Stan, you started off the year early fishing bass tournaments. It seems to be highly unlikely, you know, when you look at what's happening around the country, but you had yourself a pretty good outing, at least to start off with. Well, you know, it, it's they schedule events, and you know, it's whenever they are, they are. So there's no whining in bass fishing. You just go, and everybody goes, "Oh, you know, it's not good fishing. I'm not going to go." Well, everybody's got the same uh, advantage at that point. It's bad fishing, and you just go and see what you can do. And I went up and pre-fished our tournament Thursday, and got one bite. I went, "Well, I had no idea exactly where I was going to." Due to start, I got drawn in the middle of the pack and 
decided, you know, here I've got an idea. Let's just go with it. And I uh, went past one boat and stopped about 50 yards away and watched them get an eight and a six and a five in about 15 minutes while I got one. But at least the one that I got was a five to start with. And then ran my boat to the next location and blew my motor up, I think, which wasn't good. So I spent the rest of the tournament on a uh, on the trolling motor and just kind of circumnavigated what I could do on the lake until I and but the thing was I had to, I figured out a little something that I didn't figure out the the day of pre fishing and continued to to pick away at it at a little deeper level than I'd been fishing and and uh, kind of figured out the bite a little bit and ended up with 19 and a little bit of change for second place, which was good. I got another five-pounder, and and put we put three-pounders in behind it for 19, one or two. I can't remember exact. But, but had a good start, except for I blew up the motor, I think. I'm not exactly sure. It just won't turn over much. So it'll go to Angler's Marine tomorrow morning, and we'll find out where I lay. Uh, tell us about your bite. Uh, this time of the year, uh, were the fish coming up shallow in the morning and then going deeper in the afternoon, or were they deep all day, or did you find them suspended? What, what was happening, Stan? Well, that was the the real kind of the crux of the 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 matter here, because the fish I the one bite that I got and the one fish I got pre fishing was a, about a three and a half. Good quality fish. I'd take a bunch of those in any tournament. Um, and it probably came in 25 to 30 feet of water. But that was the only bite I got. But it was it was a clue enough. It was still on, you know, this time of year, you've got to figure all the fish have gone a little deeper because the bait died off and, and uh, all the shad are down deep if they're down at all or if they're round at all, unless it's starting to warm up. Like we've had warm days here in Southern California. So that the water temperature is not exactly cold, but that doesn't keep the fish from following the food. And they were used to, you know, eating the shad and, and the fry and whatever else up shallow. And as it get, got, gets colder, that fish goes deeper and the bait fish go. They just follow the bait fish down. They all stay there until, you know, it starts to become pre-spawn here, getting ready to spawn. And as that happens, that fish has that bigger female fish has to start eating the crawdads to formulate the eggs and get them to to work the right way because they start moving back up and there are no shed shallow and that's your primary focus is to use some type of a crawdad style bait primarily it's what that's what their normal forage is for the bigger female fish now they'll eat trout if they're putting trout in the lake and and or other you know bluegill, whatever else, but the bluegill spawn or, you know, that happens about the same, same time that that uh, the bass uh, spawn. So you're you're in a quandary here for the most part. They've all gone to the middle of the lake. You're targeting outside structure or outside rocky points where they're going to come up and they're going to feed on the crawdad. That's where your, your bigger fish are going to be. So I changed up what I was doing. I started fishing at about 35 to to. 50 feet depending on where I was and I watched the the confusing part is the guys that got the the eight and the six and that that five or four pound fish were 50 yards away throwing a crankbait and I watched every one of those fish come in and 
15 feet of water on a crankbait. Mm. I'm out in 35 to 50. <clears throat> Not much I could do because I didn't bring my crank stick with me, but they had found a little area there in a pocket where there was shad moving around, and they'd said they'd found it about a week before, and um, they got on the fish, and every hour, the first hour of every day they were there, they'd caught some of that bigger fish, and I went, well, that's good for them, So, I, but I didn't find that out until later. My strategy at that point in time was I'll just go and I'm going to concentrate because I, after the motor quit working, I just put it on the trolling motor down and went to the point. And then each point we kind of dissected a little bit. And uh, you, uh, I come up inside the point first. Do not run over the point. You know, fish are going to be where they're at anyhow. So throw out from the inside of the point onto the top of the point before you ever move up on it. And, and then, you know, fish shallow to deep and bring your baits uphill when you get you've done it on one side of the point move over out on the point throw over the top of the point to the other side and then bring your baits back over the top toward you then go around the point to the other side and fish it backwards the same way across the point and up on the point if you can learn how to do that and slowly dissect the pieces of that point or that structure do you find out you know where there's rock where there's sand where there's a drop off edge and i mean if you've done your homework and you've done a little got a little knowledge of your your lake that's really how i go about dissecting each point or each spot that i'm fishing uh, I, I knew enough about the the areas that i was fishing kind of how to how to approach it but i never go over the spot with a meter I throw where the fish should be instead of where the fish I see. So, and a lot of the people nowadays, they, they've got the new electronics with the, the live uh, live broadcast, you know, electronics where you can see live images of the fish swimming around and, or, or you know, and, and I think that's caused a little bit of confusion until you learn how to use that correctly. They're trying to fish for fish they see instead of trying to fish where the fish should be. And that really, I think, is is the biggest benefit for the guys that aren't using it. If you're still fishing where that fish should be, you're going to catch them. That's the, the nature of, uh, of the sport. So uh, I just ended up fishing uh, systematically. with. I, I knew I couldn't run any place. I couldn't go to where I normally would go. I just picked it apart until I got another five. And uh, so I had two fives in a well plus, and I dumped another big one right at the net. Came unbuttoned, unfortunately. But even at that, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have won. I, I, we got second place with 19 and some change. And the guys that wanted were the guys we watched catch the eight, the six, and the four, or the five, whatever that was. And then backed it up with uh, you know two more fish that were good and came up with 24 pounds and some change, which that's hard to beat on any on any lake anywhere. So congratulations to sam and you know mr moon they they did a great job on that and we were happy to get uh, second i was primarily using and and it'll change this will change to color wise each each lake has its own personality and uh, whether that lake they like you know 
brown and blue worms and and brown jigs, whatever it is, uh, brown on brown. Sometimes it's brown on black or, or a black trailer with a brown, you know, front or a you've got you know if you go up north they like red and black or black and red black and blue and if you're back east there's a lot of different color combos for whatever the the colors of your crawdads are uh in in your region the other thing you've got to put together too is if you've got you know other bait fish that stay deep like you know a chub minnow can be a part of that and or or sculpin can be a part of that and what colors are that uh, are they as they move up and as these fish start to feed on something other than the shad there that all comes into play right now i just stuck with the crawdad program and it seemed to work well, well so, yeah, go, go on stan no i was going to say um my your primary focus too if you're fishing this time of year is it's more vertical you know where you fish deep to shallow um because that you don't know where that fish is going to be in the water column and you don't have to see fish you just fish where they should be again if there's a structure a break or uh, some rock down there fish that because the fish are going to be on the bottom you won't necessarily see them on your meter and not all meters are going to draw that fish on the bottom anyhow it may look like a rock it may look like just the bottom so fish where they should be with a bait, you know, slow down, you know, slow down. How fast does a crawdad crawl when it's cold? That's what you have to do for presentation and, and uh, you know, make sure you've got good line and tie good knots, you know, then just learn a little bit about what that uh, crawdad or that the bait in that lake turns as it's, when it's born and as those fish, as it grows, what colors do it, does it change to browns, reds, greens, orange, whatever, and uh, make that part of your presentation. Sounds like good advice, uh, Stan, especially did you find really cold water there or uh, uh, because of our really milder weather, uh, was it uh, uh, warmer than you anticipated? Well, the surface temperature in some of the areas is 40 I mean, 54, 56 degrees in the backs of the coves. They're not in the backs of the coves. They're still out deep because they followed the bait down. So they're they're making the transition here. If it stays warm, if we have a cold front come in, and I'm hoping we get some rain, uh, that'll keep that fish in a deeper uh, area, you know, and for a longer period of time. If it stayed warm, I think you'd see a real early spawn. So uh, with obviously with uh, water temperatures right now and that, uh, 50 to 56 arena at 58 you can see spawning happen so uh, i'm kind of waiting to see what the weather gives us for last year february and and uh, january and february we got all the rain and filled all our lakes it's kind of we haven't had much rain yet we had a little and we had a little cold weather so we'll see what the transition is normally by march you're going to see some spawning but it could happen early if we don't get rain. All right, Stan, thanks for that report. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Coming up next, we're going to have Bill Semitel with us. Bill, he's the owner of the BBZ Zone. Uh, he is also the fellow that started the uh, Big Bass Junior Championships in 2019. He's just launched the 2020 Big Bass Championships for Junior. We're going to find out all about it, but we got to take a break right now. So coming up next, Bill Semitel. Stay tuned. 
Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with a brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters. The PTA design has the new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Anglers Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rod Reel Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to the second hour of Rod and Real Radio. Okay, a lot happening over here. Thank you very much for checking in with us this evening. Hey, let's get to our next guest. <clears throat> you know, this is an individual that I've known for a long time. 
he is a lure designer and he's designing lures for Spro products and he's designed lures for a lot of other manufacturers in the industry. He's also a rather accomplished tournament fisherman. And he, anytime he seems to get in a tournament, he seems to do extremely well in there. Not only that, he uh, serves with the fire department. So he is in service to each and every one of us that uh, are in the area that uh, he represents. So he's doing the job there. Now he's taking on a new task. You know, a lot of us talk about helping the fishermen of the future, the juniors, those, those kids that are out there that are looking for some direction on how to get in the fishing industry. This is an individual that has taken his time and his efforts to put his money where his mouth is. Let's bring him on to the radio show, Mr. Bill Sematel. Bill, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Good evening, guys. How are you doing tonight? Bill, we are doing great. And Bill, I want to start off with you uh, kind of had this vision in, in the beginning of 2019 to put on a program for juniors that they could fish and get a taste of what fishing at a tournament level is. Can you kind of take it from there and give us an overview on you know, what you did and what happened? It was a whole lot of craziness. I don't uh, wish this on anybody, but um, no, I just uh, started looking at all the stuff that uh, we're privileged in doing and fishing and, you know, especially like guys like me, you and Stan. And, you know, we, we have a lot of, we have a lot of anglers out there that are fortunate enough to be able to compete. Um, but the more I looked at it, looking at the youth in the industry, um, there's there's millions. We're we're really talking about millions of kids that um, they're just not fortunate enough to you know to have a, a really nice bass boat or to have the funds to spend two three hundred dollars on a weekend to go fish a tournament or pre fish. So uh, the more I looked at it, you know, I said, hey, it'd be awesome to put together a, a national tournament for. Uh, Young anglers um, started out to be high school and college um, in 19, 2019, and uh, the ages were a little bit high um, after this unbelievable success of the uh, finals we just had up in Idaho just a couple months ago. I wanted to really start to tar- target the teens. So uh, for 2020, it's going to be 13 to 19 for the ages. And um, basically, we're just opening up doors for anglers to get out and fish to compete for eight months. Um, it doesn't matter if you're fishing off a dock, a float tube, kayak, if you're fishing tournaments, um, we're just trying to give a lot more opportunities to young anglers and then put a, put a championship and a prize purse out there that, uh, most of these kids and parents will never see. So, uh, it's been, a, it's been a lot of stuff. I mean, I could go on and on, you know, you guys know how well I could talk, but it's just, there's a lot of stuff out there for kids. Um, and, what I'm trying to do is just open up more doors to get the youth uh, more uh, more active in, in the sports and getting them out there and, and a family thing, too. It's really bringing the family together when you see this, the big picture of things. Hey, Bill, this is Wendy. Good job, Billy, uh, on this last round. Because Bill and I talked quite a bit about this, trying to help. We were both kind of on the same page. I didn't get enough, I didn't do a whole lot, but, you know, little pieces here and there that if I could help and support, you had that. Um, but we talked about the thing, and as it was growing and going, it, it started out as a 
as a thought. And as it grew, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon, man, it was like he was just inundated with trying to get this done with the, for the first time ever. And putting it together is it's no easy task to do anything or even running a tournament's tough, but doing what he's doing to put together all of the, the pieces of the puzzle, make sure that everybody gets there, that the kids are all treated well and the families are treated well and to set up the amounts of giveaways that they had is no simple task. Heck, if you're just running a, as a charter master, trying to get stuff organized for 25 guys on a boat in the ocean, it's one thing, but you got kids, kids and families coming from all over America, literally, to come and join in, in a, one event that is a life changer for some of these kids, honestly, that that's an amazing feat, Bill. I got to give you all the credit in the world. It was, uh, hey. yes, Wendy, go ahead, Wendy. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, you know, for, for the kids that are interested or the parents who have kids that, that are interested, how would they find out about what you're doing? Um, or do you cap how many kids um, can enter the tournament? Yeah, so right now, I just uh, after the, the finals in October, I spent the last two months, I built a new website. Um, it's the bbzworld.com, or the Big Bass Zone Junior Championship abbreviated, so it's the bbzjc.com. They can sign up right now. Um, we went live January 1st at 12.01 a.m. Uh, we have... I think we have 10 or 15 states across the U.S. with kids that have already entered, and they're out fishing right now. And it's a true Big Bass Dreams for Teens tournament. So it's 13 to 19, and everybody's welcome to come and play. And the neat thing about it is with the Big Bass Zone Junior Championship, already for 2020, Bass Masters jumped on board. They're going to be presenting it again. We had... Um, I did so much of the work last year by myself, but I think I impressed them. We had over 100,000 views on the Bassmaster Live um, weigh-in. Um, they already said, I'm going to the Bassmaster Classic to present this. We're going to have a booth there. Uh, Billy Chapman Jr. from uh, Anglers Inn International and the Willows Club, uh, he actually partnered up with me. He was so impressed that uh, he's actually going to be a big part of this, uh, no matter if we go to Idaho or any, anywhere across the U.S., um, through however long this lasts, uh, he's going to be a part of it. Bass Cat jumped on board already. I have a $30,000 Bass Cat boat for the kids for 2020. Um, I have, a, have another $140,000 in scholarships from Bethel University. Uh, motor Guy jumped on with, I, I think, about fifteen dollars to $16,000 worth of trolling motors. And I've got $15,000 plus uh, trips from to the Amazon to El Salto. So I'm, I'm getting close right now, probably... Close to you know three hundred thousand already for uh, the twenty twenty event for these anglers. That's awesome. Well, there could there could be people that have missed your past couple of appearances on Ron Real Radio, and especially some youths that are that are listening right now to the show. They're going, well, well, wait a minute, what is this all about? I what am I missing here? Can can you give us yeah. a little bit about the actual mechanics on what you're doing and how the juniors can enter this program and what do they have to do and all this stuff. Absolutely. So basically what we're doing is we're opening up doors. So any parents out there with kids, nephews, cousins, nieces, first of all, I just want, I want to get the family back out fishing. And a lot of it has to do with the whole thing. So they get on the website, 
to enter for one state is $25. We have a national, a BBZ Nation option, which is all 49 states. Uh, Alaska's out of it, but Hawaii's in it for 50 bucks. Bassmasters jumped on board. You get a year subscription of Bassmaster Magazine. So basically, for the 25 bucks, you're getting a, a year subscription and you're in the tournament for free. And the goal on this is go out fishing, and it's a one-fish tournament. You go out there and you catch your biggest fish. Um, you go right to the website. Everything, I rebuilt the whole website, so it's very simple. You uh, could enter with one click. You could res- register your fish right back on the same website. And the largest fish caught at the end of the tournament season, which is January 1st to August 1st, the largest fish for each state, because the, the kids only compete against the kids in their own state. So California is not competing against New York. You know, it's uh, it's the, the region. You know, the state's going to compete they catch one fish. They take a couple measurements with a ruler, uh, length and girth. Um, they take one selfie photo with it. They submit it, and it's going to go up on the leaderboard, which is on the bbzworld.com, and make sure they just keep entering fish because if first place doesn't go, we're going to take second place. And uh, in October, we're going up to the northwest again to uh, the Willows Club at Billy Chapman Jr.'s um, new resort that is – Absolutely mind-boggling. It's so beautiful up there that I've actually have contacted, and the parents have contacted me that went this year. They said if their kids did not qualify this year for their states, they're still going to show up in October to support this. And we're talking about parents from Florida, Arizona, Pennsylvania, New York. Um, I have parents and kids across the U.S. that are still going to show up to be a part of this event. That's, that's how big this thing got um in the last year it's just really mind-boggling but super easy event and so you guys know too and stan knows this all the fishermen know about it the big thing is is everybody knows i love catching big fish i don't usually go to sleep about a tournament the next day thinking about catching 101 pounders you're always thinking about trying to catch a world record or your the biggest fish your personal best the the big fish of the tournament lake record and that's what this is about is just getting that um that fire lit back into the kids' hearts and, and getting them out there excited. And it doesn't matter if they're fun fishing with their parents on vacation, um, they're pre-fishing for a tournament, or if even if they're fishing a tournament, it counts. So this tournament is completely different. It's a social media big fish tournament where you get to play every time you're out there to, you know, making a cast in the water. And that's why it's so different, because you always have a chance. It could be your next cast, and you could be like Jet Dickerson, Jr., he got to go up there and uh, fish the tournament this year. And we have a couple raffles. Um, Hunter Canyon, he's California, great kid. He got to go up there and fish. He's already entered, and I think he's in Utah right now, fishing, trying to put a fish on the board for Utah in the last two days. So, I mean, I mean, kids are already scrambling because, you know, this time of year is a great opportunity for catching big fish. So the BBZworld.com. Um, that's the place, and all the information is sitting right there, guys, on the, on the website. That's awesome. We should do a live broadcast, John. Yeah. Well, yeah. Billy has already invited us to come on up there, so I'm, I'm hoping we can do that. But, Bill, I, I want you to be a little more specific. How does a junior enter? What are the parameters for entering? And then in authenticating a catch, uh, you're saying that, it is more measurement than it is weight. Can you clarify that for me, please? 
Yeah, so this is an old tournament format. Years ago, I fished a tournament called the Big Bass World Championship for the Adults. And it's a length and girth measurement. So basically, it gives you the most accurate reading besides using a scale for length times length times girth divided by 1,200. So it's a standard formula to give us the, the most accurate reading we can get for largemouth, fit, largemouth bass. So you get on the website, hit enters. Um, if they're 13 to 19, um, basically they could read the rules right there when they sign up. They could click either one state for 25 or $50 for 49 states. You could literally sign with your fingernail on your phone or your computer and enter. If you're under 18 years old, your parents got to uh, they have to waive yourself uh, for them to be able to fish because they're minors. <clears throat> Everything's secured on a secured website. Once they do that, they're going to get a welcome note in their email. And <clears throat> you know the uh, – sewing measuring rulers that we all have around the house that our moms used to do for measuring us or you're going to get a suit super simple that's going to be the official ruler they're about 99 cents and you probably have one laying around your house Um, they're waterproof you go get one of those there's an id card you print out on the website you're going to get it it's right on the website you can print one out right now you give yourself a four-digit code it's all protected, and it's only good for that one kid, depending if he's going to fish in, say, California or the U.S. And, John, it's, and guys, it's, this is how easy it is. They go fishing. They have a ruler in their pocket and a card with their number on it. They catch a four-pounder tomorrow at Cast Ake. They bring the fish in. They do a length measurement, which is the tip of the mouth to the tail. You put the fish above the ruler so you could see the whole length. And then you take a girth measurement, you wrap it around the fattest part of the fish, and then you take a picture of holding the fish. That, it's, that's easy. And then what, all you have to do is make sure your card's in the length and girth so I can see that it's your fish. It's downloaded onto the website. I go through every photo. I make sure that the photos are legit, um, that the, the measurements are accurate. I'm going to approve them, and then I'll put up weekly the, the largest fish that's entered for each state, we're going to have a running tally of who's leading each state in all 49 states. And uh, it's the largest fish. So we did this way back in the day. I did it for, like I said, I did it for North American fishermen. I did a bunch of stuff. I caught so many big fish. This is part of the gig. But uh, you get a 28-inch fish that's 28 inches long and 24 inches around, you're looking at about a 13-pound fish. You know, right. it's got a little bit bigger gut. It's, you know, 15 pounds. And the nice well, thing we got to take a break system. right now. Can I ask you to stay over a little bit longer with us, uh, unless you get a uh, a more uh, urgent call? Urgent call? I'm I'm here for you. I'm here for the kids and family. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I are going to take a break right now. We're speaking with Bill Cimitelli. He's talking about the BBZ Junior Championships for 2020. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Real Radio to come after these messages. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart, the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit SanDiegoBloodBank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization? but you just don't know who to contact, then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419, or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I always wear a life jacket when I'm on the water because I'm lazy. I like floating like a giant turtle covered with SPF 50. The life jacket does the work. I highly recommend this to everyone. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. This hour's guest is Mr. Bill Sumatel. Bill is talking about the 2020 BBZ Junior Big Bash Championships that are going to be coming off at the uh, end of the season. But the official entry is is open right now. He's talking about what you juniors need to do to enter this event. And Bill, tell us the age range that uh, that a junior represents in this event. 13 to 19 years old. This is a true uh, Big Bass Dreams for teens. I'm trying to open up a lot of doors to the youth to get them uh, kind of 
out there fishing with their families and stuff, but also to give these uh, anglers an opportunity to fish on a national level um, and uh, to go for some major prizes when they uh, make it to the championship. So there, there are no restrictions even on the bodies of water that uh, these kids can fish. They could be fishing a body of water as big as the Great Lakes, or they could be on a farm pond. Isn't that right? Yeah, and, and that's the, the interesting thing is a lot of us, when we started out fishing, I know I did, I, I started out fishing off the shore at Cast Lake. I wasn't, uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, the biggest boat we've ever had with me and my dad was a 14-foot Valco with a little 9.9 Johnson on it. Um, so that's how I started, or it was a blow-up seagull, nine-foot seagull boat that I fished at Cast Lake for years. So it, it's uh, just going back to the real grassroots of things. And, you know, if they're fishing a pond, if they're fishing a creek, um, a reservoir, I have kids right now fishing the Great Lakes in the tournament right now, fishing through the ice, trying to qualify through the bass. Um, I got kids in Florida right now that are uh, out there fishing shiners. And, and like I said, this this whole thing is getting anglers out on the water and, and also, you know, creating memories with their families. There's just there's so many opportunities um, I think that we're we're losing. You know, we're getting too many people sitting in and being couch potatoes behind the couch and, and watching YouTube or, you know, video games and everything else. And uh, I think for our industry, what we need to do is, we first of all, have to get the credit to the parents that are getting their kids out there. And that's what this is part of, too, is giving those parents um, opportunity if their kids qualify to, to get some unbelievable memories. And um, it's, it's really interesting talking to the club anglers across the U.S. that are already fishing like BASS, like Bass Nation and stuff. And it's amazing that a lot of there's a lot of things going out for kids right now, but it seems like a not, not a lot of stuff is going back towards the kids. And this last year up in uh, Idaho, when the parents walked in on Friday night, I gave away almost $30,000 uh, to state champions when they walked through the door, and then another 260000 I think it was, um, on Saturday night with prizes. And every angler walked up on stage and had a prize uh, that they got to choose that was uh, at least $200 and up. I think it had almost 17 or 18 prizes that were multi-thousand dollar prizes. So we we did some stuff that was completely different, and um, hopefully I'll be done with a 30-minute uh, TV show um, that will be aired on the website, my website, uh, for the kids that participated and all the, the parents and the sponsors, too. So I'm producing Besides everything else, I'm producing a TV show right now as well. <laughs> well, great. Yeah, tell me, uh, the way to qualify, is it open to just start officials? Is it live bait? And tell me, how long can uh, uh, people uh, qualify before the deadline? So it started January 1st. So it goes January 1st to August 1st. So a true eight months. They could fish anywhere, anytime, as long as it's legal. You know, I don't want any kids trying to break into parks or anything like that, but if there's ponds or golf courses they're allowed to fish in, you can go fish. Um, the baits, it's whatever they want to use. If, if it's legal to use, um, you know, shad up at Cass Steak right now, if they get some shad, they can, they can use it. They want to use artificial, um, big lures, big swim baits, drop shot. This is basically getting out there and going fishing because you just never know Stan can go up to Casitas and throw a drop shot out and catch a 12-pounder. Um, I might be throwing a swim bait, 
and catch a 12 pounder at calf steak. So that's the beauty of this tournament is, you know, it's, it's the confidence of getting them out there and fishing and then just giving them the opportunity. So once that goes for the full eight months, um, August 2nd, I'll tell each winner of the state who's qualified for the championship. Um, I give them a heads up. We had four or five this year that had uh, situations come up for college or school or family issues. So you always turn in your fish. So there's, there's ones like, I know uh, Nick up in New York, um, he was second place. First place couldn't go, and second place got to come from uh, New York. So you always send in your fish, and like I said, you can send in as many fish as you want. I have a system that self-calls um, underneath your number. So it will only uh, register on my end for your biggest fish. It will always call out your smallest one. And then if you're leading the state, you're going to be up on the leaderboard on the bbzworld.com. Did you get a lot of female fishermen entering? And were there any females that were actually in the fish-off, Bill? Yes. Um, Oh, had some great ones. Two of my favorites, uh, Katie Carey from Wyoming. Um, She fishes with her dad. And uh, not a tournament angler. This is her first tournament she ever fished, but she qualified for Wyoming. And the other one was Cricket Coats from Florida. Uh, she called me up. She got in the tournament late last year. And her mom and her said, hey, we got, we got to do it. Uh, Colton Smith has already got almost a nine-pounder in Florida. We need to come. And I said, well, you got to go fish and, and register one. And they looked at the, the list, and they found out that Utah was still open. They flew to Utah two days later. She got a guide. She went out on, the, on Lake Powell, cricket caught her uh, smallmouth, registered it, and she qualified from Florida through Utah to go to the championship. So I actually had two girls this last year. Um, cricket ended up taking fifth out of 46 anglers. So she was a top five contender uh, with one of her fish up there at the Willows Club. And I believe she walked up on stage and she ended up grabbing one of the um, Lake El Salto uh, gift certificates to go down there and fish for big bass uh, with Billy Chapman. So great. Wow. I mean, just unbelievable story, guys. And I'll tell you the, the biggest one, and this is something, this is what it's all about. And I think people lost, I think people lose sight of the big story in fishing and what people do for each other. We had a young angler, um, Brennan Howard in Alabama. He caught a ton of fish, kept sending in fish, and he qualified. When I called him up, I said, hey, you won for Alabama, you know, get, get up to uh, Idaho to fish the tournament. He says, with his family, he said, we, we financially can't do it. I said, well, you know what, let me work on it. I ended up calling Jordan Lee, Bassmaster Classic uh, winner, t- two times. Jordan, we worked out a deal. Jordan called the kid right after school, paid for his trips to get to Idaho. We got another sponsor for his dad. So Brendan Howard and his father got to go up to Idaho. They fished the tournament, and this is the neatest thing about it. Brennan caught like a pound 98. He caught a fish, one fish. He was in 19th place. He walked up, and he ended up getting a $28,000 scholarship to Bethlehem University. Nice. And so so the, these stories, I mean, I have hundreds of stories with these kids and parents and what they, the struggle they go through to, to go out there and have fun. And I want those same experiences for all the other kids out there that are sitting on the sidelines. The, the ones that we see in our boats on the shore fishing – that's what this whole thing is. So if you have young anglers that are 13 to 19 that want to compete or have a shot at fishing like a pro, but they don't have the funds to do it, that's why there's a $25. I have a $25 tournament that if they could 
go out there and fish and catch that fish and qualify, they're coming back at chances for not tens of thousands. We're, we're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of prizes that will all be given back to the kids and the parents for 2020. Now, Bill, is there a way that we as everyday fishermen can help and or if there are people that are listening to this broadcast that maybe they represent a company that would like to help you out oh. and participate, how, it would be, how can they go about yeah, doing it, this? So they get a hold of me at bill at the bbz.com. Um, you brought up something really, really important. Um, I did a lot of work, a lot of sweat equity last year, and I got a lot of, you know, product sponsorship. I wanted to do something this year. I'll kind of tip my hat a little bit on what I'm trying to work on. But first of all, Jim Grossi up in Idaho, he's with Let's Go Let's Go Fishing Production. It's a 501c3 um, company. So I have a 501c3 for this tournament. So if there's any big companies out there that are looking to try to do something and give back to these kids and the parents, um, I have a place for a tax write-off, which is big. My big goal for this year Besides all 49 states, Hawaii, everybody showing up, um, I want to have about 500,000. I want to have the first, you know, half a million dollar tournament for these kids and the parents. And when it goes to the parents, and I don't, Stan and, and Wendy, and you might think I'm crazy, but I'm going to find a sponsor this year sooner than later because I'm going to the classic. There's a lot of opportunities for press, but I want a big sponsor that has X amount of money, and I want to be the first tournament that actually pays the parents. I want that <laughs> money, whatever they pay out. I don't Great want any idea. money in my pocket. It's going to be 100% write-off. But I would love on Friday night when we show up there in Idaho um, in, in October that that company can shake the hands of parents and thank those parents for their sacrifice and what they do to keep their families together and keep their kids off the street and keep them active and hand each one of those parents a $2,000 uh, check to cover their trip um, for a transportation sponsor. I don't want any of the money, and they're going to get all the press, and they have a tax write-off. But that's my big goal. I want to do something that no other big company would ever do, is not take any of the money and give it right to the parents um, across the U.S. and thank them. Cool you know, so Great idea, Billy. That? That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Got to give you credit. That's excellent. And, Billy, yeah. how about fishermen helping on out? I mean, how do you get all the boats together uh, up there for uh, the kids to fish out of? Oh, this year or last year was the craziest thing, John. I mean, to, to say I was uh, – my fingernails were bleeding on hanging on the wall doing stuff that just never been done, you know, getting Bassmasters and Billy Chapman and, and Bass Cat and everything else and the sponsorship. It was really hard. Um, there was a lot of naysayers that – said it just could not be done. And um, we reached out to the local clubs, uh, Idaho Panhandle, everything else. But when we showed up to that tournament, the most impressive thing is, is when James Hall from Bassmaster showed up Friday and he walked through the door at the event center and he turned around and looked at me and pat me on the back and he just goes, Bill, he goes, this is what we do. And he goes, we've never seen a turn like like we've never seen a kid's turn like this. What you just did has never been done. And at that time, I had 25 boaters already said next year they changed their tournaments for this year. A lot of the clubs up there, so they would be ready in October um, to come and just volunteer. 
because the tournament I ran, the boats were on the water Friday night. They were numbered. We we're going to have uh, 26 boats. It'll be two kids per boat. We'll have 52 kids this year, and everything set up. Plus, we had um, parents' boats. We had Duckworths, 24-foot Duckworths, that the parents got to go in and actually go out and watch their kids fish. And every parent told me that they never, you know, most of the moms never got to watch their kids play sports in the fishing side of it. They get to watch them play football and soccer. And the parents came up to me just with the biggest smiles, guys, that you've ever seen, jumping on board, <laughs> driving around the lake and watching their, and they were tracking their kids on their phones. It was a crazy thing. Mom's like going, my kids around the corner, around this, the, the dock. And she's tracking them on, the, on their iPhone. And they came around and they got to film their own kids and watch them catch fish and everything. So, um, the boaters, there's so many people that are already jumping on board um, for for this year. So that right. uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. Bill, again, give us the information where people can go or the juniors can go to uh, uh, get this information. And what we'll do is we'll put it on the Ron Real Radio site, too, to help people out and help promote this thing for you. Absolutely. So any anglers from the age of 13 to 19 or parents out there that want to get kids involved, they can go to the bbzworld.com. They can enter right now. Fishing is, is happening right now. They're, they're fishing. Um, super simple. Uh, there's contact information. If anybody has any questions, they can reach out to me. $25. They get a year subscription to Bassmaster Magazine. They can print out an ID card. They probably have the ruler that's official ruler laying around their house. If not, they could buy one at a local store. And they can literally be fishing within the day. And uh, out there, and they just they go out there and catch the biggest fish. They just keep catching them. And it doesn't matter if it's like a four or five or six pounder or a three pounder or a two pounder. Just catch some fish, um, get used to it, do some measurements, lengths and girth, and submit it. And you're in the you're in the system. And the surprise about this, the cool thing, guys, is Bassmasters is going to get a, a special draw and Billy Chapman. So any angler, I haven't even told anybody yet, but any kid that participates, gets out there and goes out and fishes and sends in a fish, they're in a special drawing. And at the end of the year, August 2nd, Bassmaster, anybody that's entered a fish, they're going to pull a name. So even if you didn't win your state, you have another opportunity to make it to the championship, and there's two more draws. So it's just going out there having fun, and you get a year subscription of Bassmaster Magazine, so it's a win-win across the board. All right. Billy, hey, thanks a lot for being with us. I know it can be busy for you where you are. I appreciate you taking the time. And can we check with you uh, later on in the season to see how things are going? Absolutely. And so you guys know, I don't know if you're going to make it to the Classic, but uh, like I said, Bassmaster's giving me a 10 by 30 booth. So we'll be there. We'll probably have the Bass Cat boat there. And um, my other goal, too, is a secret thing. And Stan's probably going to flip. I'm going to try to get a truck. I want to have a boat and a truck for the kids for first and second place at this tournament this year. So. Um, that's my other, my other goal. I, I got some big ambitions for the kids. I don't know if, I know I don't have any more hair left in my head, but, but I think I'm going to uh, see if I could pull it off and make it even bigger, uh, this year. Well, Bill, if anyone can do it, it's you because you blew the shorts off of everybody with the 2019 event. And, uh, I think that was just a plateau. That wasn't a goal for you. I appreciate it. And you guys have a wonderful time. And if you guys need anything, you always know where you can find me. It's either uh, stumping out fires or fishing or if I'm in the office uh, working on the kids' event. So call me anytime. All right. Thanks. Hey, that was uh, Billy Simatel uh, telling us about the 2020 BBZ 
Junior Championships. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but uh, Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason... No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call one 800 227 7262 or just spell bass boat 1-800-BASS-BOAT I know there's too many letters but the T is free and the call's on me that's 1-800-BASS-BOAT the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.COM Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners. Be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words CODE GROUP in the App Store on your smartphone. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives 
and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Well, the uh, saltwater report is uh, uh, not tremendous, but you know what? It's still happening out there right now. There's a few of the boats that are going uh, uh, overnight or day and a half down to uh, Colinette. They're picking up good catches of rockfish. They've also come back with also some yellowtails. So I haven't heard anything about any tuna, but good a good spread of yellowtail, a lot of rockfish. Also, we have a rockfish closure right now in our local waters until the uh, beginning of March. So if you're planning to go on out on the half-day boats or the three-quarter-day boats that are going down into Mexico, so you have to make sure you have your passport card and your passport Mexican fishing license and get all that stuff to go down there. But the rock fishing has been extremely good. So just because we're talking about January doesn't mean there's not any good fishing there. And check with H&M Landing or any of the landings to see there still may be some boats going out there for bluefin tuna. We don't have any reports on them right now, but we know that they're still out there. So there's no reason if you're getting like the Aztec going out there or the Grande or one of those boats and they're aiming bluefin tuna and you want to go out and get a crack at a big bluefin tuna for 2020, now is the time to do it. You know, John, there's going to be some new rules, too, at the landings for because uh, I know that Mexico is changing some of the rules with what they've done. If you're going to go on a multi-day trip, you can go you'll be able to go online. I don't know. I don't have the information where yet, but I will get that for us to get. You know, if you're going to go a two-day trip or something like that, for you can get a license for five days. It's a it's like twenty bucks or something like that for for your Mexican fishing license, so you don't have to pay that at the landing. I don't know that the landings will be able to do some of this in the ongoing years to come. Here, we're going to have to do it ourselves. If you're going to go on a multi-day trip, five days or more, you might want to just get the annual which is, I think, $46 or something like that for an annual Mexican license. And then you can go and come, and they don't charge you for that. You'll still have to pay the visa fees, whatever those may be. At, at uh, I can't remember per day what they're going to be, but there's going to be some changes you'll see for 2020 upcoming for, for your uh, uh, fishing in Mexico's waters, uh, just what we have to pay for maybe beforehand to save some money. So that's something we'll have to look into a little bit ongoing. Yeah, also, and you can go to uh, one of the sites like BajaBound.com, and they will give you the information of where to go online to get your Mexican fishing license. You can do it online. Most of that, that's what the guys are doing right now. So uh, go to BajaBound.com. There's a few other services you can go to, too. And get that license ahead of time so it isn't something that you're trying to do at the last minute and find out that you can't. Yeah, and one of the good things about it is it's good from the date of purchase all the way 364 days or 363 days. Unlike our licenses here in California where it's good until the end of December 31st. So it's good for a full year. We're still fighting with that. But, yeah, go out and get your license. Uh, and if uh, if you want, you can sit down in the comfort of your own home and go to um, wildlife.ca.gov 
and that'll take you right to the Department of Fish and Wildlife uh, site. You can go down where it goes to buy your, your fishing permit, take you right there. Uh, if you look at your old license right on top of what your name is, there's a number. It starts off with GO. It's a, what they call a GO number. You can throw that on in or you can throw in your driver's license. All the information pops up there. Give them your credit card. There are no setup fees. There's no special charges or anything like that. Your license is good the minute that you buy it. You can print a temporary copy of the license if you need to have something in hand. And the hard copy comes to you in the mail in about five working days or so. So it's a real convenient way to do it. You don't have to go running around town to get your fishing license. You can get it right um, in town. Hey, guys, let's just do one thing real uh, quickly here. We want to acknowledge the passing of one of our good friends here in the fishing industry. He was the editor of Western Outdoor News, and uh, he died rather suddenly. We were all saddened to hear about his passing, and that was, uh, you know, Bob Twilliker. Um, I just want to announce that even though his passing was unexpected, uh, there was enough time between uh, the time that he passed away that his family could get together. So when he finally did pass, all his family and loved ones were around with him. But there is going to be a celebration of life for Bob. It is going to be this Saturday, January the 11th. It'll be between 1 and 3 p.m. at the Dana Point Yacht Club. Okay? And then also, if you are interested, you pick up a copy of Western Outdoor News. The new editor of Western Outdoor News, Paul Leibowitz, is going to be preparing a story about Bob's passing and probably mention a little bit about his life because he was editor of the paper in extraordinary times. During this time when social media was so prevalent and you could get information almost immediately about anything, Western Outdoor News still survived in paper form and was flourishing and dealing really well. Not only in the bass fishing world, we know, you know, one bass and the great job that Billy Egan is doing with all the opens, the Arizona Open, the Northern Open, and then also the uh, uh, Lake Mead U.S. Open. So one bass was doing a great job, and that was in part due to Bob Twilliger looking over it. He's going to be missed. But we know Western Outdoor News will still go on. All right, guys. Anything else to add to that, Bob? Or uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I'm just kind of yeah, taking Wendy. back here. Uh, Wendy or uh, Stan, anything more to talk about with regards to the passing of Bob? No, he you know, did a great job for an awful long time there, and you know it was a surprise to everyone that we heard that he'd passed away. But the good people that that work at at Juan, you know, Western Outdoor News, and and uh, that have supported it. I mean, there's there's a lot of great people there that that will help keep this going. And like you said, Billy Egan's done such a great job and worked with the fishermen to bring that back up to a new level, actually. Um, I think ongoing, it, it, it has some bright future, uh, that people uh, will have to wait and see where it's going to be. But, uh, I think, you know, even, you know, it's sad that we lost Bob, but I think the future of Western Outdoor News is going to be bright. 
Well, Bob was a great outdoorsman. He's a great family man. I know he loved fishing. He loved boating. Uh, uh, when I was working with uh, Juan Bass on the U.S. Opens in the in the Pro Tours, uh, there was a lot of times Bob would be there. He'd be there with his family, and he wasn't overseeing the event. He'd just come by to say hello, to see what's happening, and then he was off maybe on a houseboat adventure with the family or whatever it was. So. And uh, he was uh, he was a good guy. I've got to tell you, I got to know Bob really well. I have been fired from two jobs in my lifetime. And Bob Pulliger was one of those individuals that fired me. But I've got to tell you, <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, uh, uh, Western Outdoor News is still in great hands. Billy Egan's doing a fantastic job with the U.S. Opens and Bob is a fellow that was always pretty straight with us to all the fishermen and represented us all well out there. So, Bob, we're going to miss you. Put down, put this down on your calendar. Saturday, January the 11th, between 1 and 3 p.m. at the Dana Point Yacht Club. There'll be a celebration of Bob's life. And then make sure you pick up the January 10th issue of Western Outdoor News because there'll be a whole uh, spread in there uh, produced by uh, Paul Liebowitz, the new editor on uh, Bob Twilliker. So, uh, hey, guys, that's it for tonight. Thanks a lot for your contributions. Good to be back, 2020. Looks like it's pretty bright already. Yeah. Hey, we already, I have a guest lined up for next week. I've got a fellow that on the last day of 2019, he had a 13-pound fish. And in the first two days of 2020, he had a 13-pound fish. So we're going to talk to him about how he goes about doing that. I have a, It's a great story. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. So on behalf of Stan and Wendy, always a memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen. 